0: Welcome to Voices from the Valley, a podcast of the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. I'm Amy Spreeman. You know, our local libraries hold a special place in our communities, acting as hubs of knowledge, imagination, and community engagement. Yes, they're known for their books and audio and video, but libraries offer a treasure trove of cool things that go beyond the printed page and digital word. In the Fox Valley, our libraries are not just repositories of stories, but vibrant spaces where you can explore, learn, and do so many interesting things. A quick note, a few months back, we aired an episode titled Community Hubs for All, talking with librarians in our area about all the ways they are serving the diverse groups of people who live in and visit the Fox Valley. If you missed it, take a listen to the link in our show notes to learn some unique ways libraries are shaping how all of our neighbors experience life in the Fox Valley. For this episode, we're going to explore some cool things you can find at your local libraries that might surprise you. And then later on, plans are in the works for new library spaces and expansions that will offer even more interesting things for you to try. Imagine having access to cutting-edge technology for everyone— Right now in the Fox Valley, you can find libraries with everything from 3D printers to virtual reality equipment, from flight simulators to video recording studios. There's also home and garden tools, cooking classes, art galleries, and museum collections interactive games, and you name it. Whether you want to print a t-shirt from your own design or produce a podcast like this one, all of these offerings are designed to help you create and learn and expand your imagination. I visited with several librarians in the Fox Valley about these great hidden treasures. Here's what they had to say. So I'm here with Victor Flores of the Menasha Public Library. As it's known, Victor, thank you for joining us. Uh, Tell us the full name of the
1: library. The technical name is Elijah D. Smith. Public Library in Manasha. Yeah. That's the long
0: that long is the version. long name. Everybody knows it as Manasha <laughs> Public sure, Library. Sure. And you know, we, we're talking about things that you can uh, check out or, or use resources at the library that are just uh, not books, not just videos, but but things that sure. people might be surprised to find. And you've got some very sure. interesting things there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Our our new oh or well, not so new director, Brian Kopetsky, brought some great ideas to the library when he started a a couple of years ago, one of the major ones was a maker space, which was created in our uh, basement. A <laughs> which maker is com- space. It's coming up to the ah. first floor with the renovation that's projected. So basically, we have technology and mm-hmm. other uh, crafty stuff that. Uh, Anybody in the family can use. We have 3D printers. Okay. We have a laser printer. We have technology and, and programs like Photoshop, a green room, uh, a studio recording, a uh, flight simulator. We have a,
0: a huge flight simulator. Yeah, it's all what?
1: technology based. Ah, but, you know, um, yeah. we have the largest. Uh, canon printer i've ever seen in my life uh, which we use to print out posters so we have a lot of new technology even sewing machines and resins and you know artsy stuff yeah. to work with and we'll do uh programming with that but any you know anybody come in can come in during our hours to the makerspace to work on whatever they may like.
0: That is so interesting. Well, going back to the studio now, if we wanted to take this podcast to make it a video and use your studio room, uh, anybody can come in and do that, right? Even if they're not trained on some of the equipment? Oh, sure.
1: Yeah, no. And, you know, (laughs) I don't want to say we're not trained, but we'll basically (laughs) get you started. And Uh this is a hands-on experience and learn as you go. And I just, you know, worked on a, a, a stickers program. So... Teaching kids how to make stickers, any image you like, and we'll put your name on there and, and get creative.
0: Wow. And then what about, uh, uh, you mentioned the 3D printer. That is exciting. What What can people print or what have people used it for?
1: Sure. So you'll you'll have to come and take a look, but all kinds of little, you know, little gadgets and things. Um, I just printed a little flexi cat. Okay. So a little cat that moves around, you know, it's very flexible and it's very cute, very cute little things. Um, also like a lifesaver and all oh. kinds of things. So okay. we also have a, uh, library of things, okay. which you can check out. These are things that are, um, like, uh, let's say, a thud finder on the wall oh, a or a, oh, yeah, yeah. a jigsaw. We have, uh, Ooh. all types of things that you wouldn't think that you would check out in a library, manual labor, um, electronics all types of things that you can check out so these are ideas that were brought on by our new director so you know that are, are really catching on and popular at the library
0: do they cost anything to do that?
1: Uh, just filling out a, a library uh, library card so we encourage everybody to, to fill out their library cards
2: oh yeah that's the best part the librarian will give you a library card so, you can take all this home with you. At the library. At the library. I can borrow anything. At the library. I can't believe how much I love the
3: library. Uh, my name is Lydia Dill, and I'm the director at the Brilliant Public Library. Um, so, the Brilliant Public Library has got a lot more going on than books and movies. We've got. Um, STEM kits that families can check out and inside it has supplies for you know five to six different activities um, they're fully for you to use you don't have to return everything inside the kits and then when you return the box we refill them for the next family to utilize we have theme boxes that have toys and educational hands-on materials and then recommendations for books that feature different themes like weather agriculture all kinds of different things we have 16 of those um, it, So one of the fun things that we've recently started offering, we call it our Passport to Fun program. It's passes to local organizations and um, attractions. Right now we offer it to Bookworm Gardens in Sheboygan. The Green Bay Children's Museum, the Green Bay Botanical Gardens, um, state park passes. And so you can check those out with your library card and go utilize that and take your family and then just return the pass when you're done. We are currently working on raising funds to bring a library reading garden to the Brilliant Public Library. And so what that would include is play equipment, musical instruments, quiet reading nooks, um, some pollinator farms, and all sorts of plants to educate kids and adults, um, hands on gardening and garden beds. So libraries everywhere have been pushing to become like a third space for the community. You have work, you have home. It's a third safe space to gather everyone is welcome here you know even if you just sit down and play on your phone in a corner for an hour just to escape Um, we have books we have movies but it's more than that you can come here and have a place to just be comfortable and relax and that's why we're hoping for this garden because that would give another opportunity for people to have a third space to gather yeah
2: As we head into the winter season, it's a great time to reflect. What do you care about? What truly matters? What legacy do you want to be known for? The Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region can help you turn what matters most into your legacy to make our community better today and tomorrow. Find out how. Go to cffoxvalley.org.
0: Do you want to know what happens when you give? You create impact and change lives. As the year ends, you can make a difference with a gift to the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley Region. We work together with hundreds of local nonprofits, volunteers, and donors to meet needs and help our communities thrive. With your help, our work will continue to prove that together we flourish. Learn more at cffoxvalley.org. We are back talking about the innovative, hands-on things to do at our local libraries that offer the space and equipment for self-expression. Did you know that some of our libraries also offer exchange programs where you can find seeds for your garden? And in Kakana, there's even a free food pantry to give patrons access to nutritious food. One you're going to hear about in our next segment offers free legal advice from an attorney who uses his library to hold monthly office hours which is a great segue into what's next for libraries in our area. As technology and the needs of people evolve, it seems the sky is the limit. We gave two librarians the opportunity to dream about their future plans to create spaces for the next generation of library patrons. We start in New London, where the library is getting not only a new home, but a space to remember one particular resident whose desire was to live a private life while leaving a legacy to make this town a -a one-of-a-kind place. My
2: name is Ann Hunt, and I'm the library director at the New London Public Library. We're excited to talk about our new plans for the future, not too distant future. We're hoping 2025 to move into a new building. We are in a 1914 Carnegie and a 1932 museum combined building. And so we've been uh, planning this for quite some time. We had some plans for across the street because we own the property across there. Some exciting news came our way that we uh, really couldn't resist. So uh, around December of 2021, First State Bank approached myself and the library president, uh, the library board president, and asked if we would accept the donation of their 26,000 square foot building that's located downtown New London. Well, that was really a hard thing to resist, even though we had this other plan going. Like everything these days, the bank doesn't need all the space that it has had in the past. A lot of things are done online. They don't need as many tellers. And they really didn't want to leave an empty building downtown. That would be detrimental to the to the city, and it would sit empty and probably fall into disrepair. And so they were looking at different options, and uh, they finally came upon the library, and that will uh, double the size of our building. And we don't have 13,000 square feet because we do have a museum in our lower level who takes up about 3,000 of that, so we're about 10,000 square feet of library. So, But it's still going to give us a ton of space that we need desperately. We really need this space because libraries have changed very much in the past, well, forever since I've started. And I've been here for 25 years. Um, You know, it used to be people would come in, check out books, check out magazines, items, you know, it was more about the items. Um, But now the library is more looked at as a community space and a, a gathering space. And that's what we want to make it. You know, you've heard the term the third space and we're really hoping that this is going to be that third place work home. And then the library, it's a place that we're hoping that in the future, with all of our new plans, that it's going to be a place where people can can gather, create, make, inspire each other, and inspire themselves to become whatever they want to be. Another really important piece of this is the quiet study area spaces that we don't have I, I don't know if you noticed the woman that was upstairs she's a, she tutors the children who are expelled from school, having problems with school. So she's here almost every day, needs to be in a public space for her safety, for the kids' safety. And so she ends up having to uh, tutor slash counsel kids out in the middle of the library. If we had those smaller spaces, she could be in one of those rooms because it would be glassed so we could still see what's inside, what's going on inside but she would have a lot more privacy. We also have a lawyer that comes in once a month. We call it the lawyer in the library. He comes in once a month and does 30-minute consultations for free for anybody who wants to uh, meet with a lawyer. He has to use our one meeting room that that's located downstairs because he obviously needs privacy as well. Again, he could use one of these small study areas that we are going to have in the new library. Many people come in the library looking for quiet spaces. Wapaka well, County comes here and does visits with uh, clients. Uh, lawyers come in and, you know, sign papers for divorces, whatever, and they all need quiet spaces. And uh, people come in, we proctor tests Um, And so they'll come in and they'll say, oh, do you have a quiet space that we can use? And I say, well, we don't have quiet spaces, but we have quiet times. So you can come in before school's out and it would be much quieter than if you come in after 3.30 when we have lively children here. So our new library is, uh, like I said, is uh, 26,000 square feet. So the the first floor is going to be the library that you may recognize with the books and the items. Um, one thing is that we are very much going to enhance the children's area. It's going to have a, a much larger interactive play area. If you think to yourself, you know, the kids, the building for kids in, in um, Appleton in a smaller scale, that's, that's what's going to happen in the library. It's going to have a kitchen and a, a grocery store or maybe a bank, uh, you know, a drive up bank or, uh, you know, that has lollipops and dog treats or whatever. So it's just going to be like a little small city that the kids can um, use their imaginations. And that's what we want is kids to get back to their imaginations and get off of their devices. Uh, We're also going to have a a separate program room so that story time and the children's programs can take place in, in the children's area and not have to take up the big meeting space that we'll have upstairs. Also, we'll have more staff space so that all of the processing of the books and the receiving of the books will all take place behind the scenes rather than right out in the open where everyone can see us. And also one other really important thing that we're going to have is a wellness room. So lactating mothers will be able to uh, have some privacy. Also, it'll be a, a non-sensory uh, spot for autistic, perhaps, or uh, other people who have other children or people who have needs to just get away from all the sensory excitement and such that's out in the main library. So upstairs is all of the things that we dreamed about having that we could not, never get in our 1914 Carnegie library. We're going to have a teen space for one thing. So in in New London, there's really not a a designated space that kids can really go and just hang out and uh, study together, play together, talk, you know, make plans, whatever it is they want to do. And there'll be a snack bar in there and the snack bar will um, have all the food that the kids bring in anyway. Maybe it'll just stay in the teen center. But within that snack bar, we're hoping that the kids take the initiative and the uh, innovation to um, run that themselves. So they'll decide what's going to be sold. They'll decide well, how it's going to be staffed and how much stuff is going to get uh, priced. And so they're going to be take some ownership. I'm hoping that uh, they'll take ownership in that area so that it will become their space. Also upstairs is going to be the uh, technology part of our our building. So we're hoping to make it. Oh No, we're not hoping to make it. We're going to make it a maker space. I don't know if everybody's familiar with that term, but what we're seeing it as is a place to come in and create, make, innovate um, from children up to senior citizens. Anybody who wants to come in can use the machines that we're intending to have, which are going to be 3D printer, laser cutters, CNC machines, some robotics, all the things that uh, we could also use it as a stepping stone to some of the trades that kids might get interested in participating in the trades instead of the four-year college that isn't meant for everybody. We're also going to have a visual room and a sound recording. So we'll have a green screen so you can come in and record anything that you want. So you could come in and practice if you want to be a tv person uh you know you can practice your skills i always and the recording studio is for perhaps a small band in town that wants to just get together and practice or maybe make a recording or the kid who wants to be the announcer at the football game and he wants to come practice his skills um anything that you can dream of that you can record you could probably do in these areas so we're really excited about that area um the kitchen that we're intending is going to be a commercial kitchen. And, each, you know, all those times that you you brought the chili to school and work and they said, oh, that's so great, you should sell it. This would be the time that you could try that. Or your grandma's old chutney recipe or whatever it is that people have always told you is so fantastic, you should try to sell it. Well, this is a commercial kitchen that people could come into and, and test out their um abilities and their recipes, and they could actually sell it because it's commercial kitchen. We're also going to use it for our own programming so that we'll have demonstrations in there. Um, and then there's a video recording that'll be in there so that when we have so many people that we can't have them all crowded around the counter, it will be uh, broadcast into the larger meeting space. So anybody who wants to come in and take a look at what we're intending to do in this building can uh, stop by. We're also accepting donations still. <laughs> and you can ask me any questions that you want. The cost of the the building is estimated to be about $3.5 million. A lot of that is going to go to HVAC, electrical, plumbing, things that aren't so exciting. But then the rest of it is the excitement. Um, so we have raised uh, two point. Three millions, so 2.3 or 4 million. So we're looking at still a million dollars. That's why we're intending on a 2025 opening. But the Community Foundation has been a big piece of this uh, donating. They donated $250,000 to us uh, quite early in the process, which did, I think, uh, allow uh, excitement in the project and made it seem like it was possible for other donors. We've had a couple other large donations, but the Community Foundation is one of the bigger ones. The Community Foundation received a very impressive gift from a woman that was named Marilyn Taylor. She was a person who owned the cheese factory in New London Uh, called Bolt Cheese. And she also lived in Wyoming and Fremont. She had very much interest in those communities. So she donated the entire cheese factory and her estate to the Community Foundation. So then the Community Foundation turned around and sold the uh, cheese factory. And I think it came up to about $5 million, her entire estate, somewhere around there. And she had Wish that to go to New London, Wyga, and Fremont to be used for projects such as ours. Not very many people know Marilyn Taylor in town. I have never I had never heard of her before. This really very fabulous gift. We want to tell her story in the new library because she was an important piece of this donation. So we are going to have some place that we're going to tell her story because I don't think very many people know who she is, what her life was about.
0: We can't talk about the future of libraries without mentioning Appleton, where the city has been in its planning and fundraising phase to complete plans for a renovated library that will serve the Fox Valley and all who visit here for the next 100 years. We're going to put links in our show notes where you can learn more about that project. And here's a snippet of a conversation that we recently had with Colleen Roetvet, Appleton's library director, about this exciting vision. Here's what she said.
3: Okay, so our second story is called Never Ask a Dinosaur to Dinner.
4: You see more and more libraries having libraries of things. And so that's to recognize the fact that we can give people access to things that maybe they don't need to own, but they want to experience every now and then. So we have ukuleles that we can circulate. Some libraries circulate board games. You'll see libraries that circulate like I I love Sanibel Island and it's a big tourist area. They'll circulate like fajita making kits and like cake pan kits. So every community figures out what is appropriate for their library and develops different collections for that. And that includes things that you can access, but maybe don't need to own. Or maybe you can dip your toe in. You know, not everybody can afford a 3D printer. We are in a temporary library, and we don't have space for for much extra, but we we have other libraries in the area that do. But it's the sky's the limit with that. I think every community is different, and you'll find surprising collections in places because that's what that community decided was important. So we're on the cusp of doing visioning for our building. So we've spent so much time working on first- getting a building project off the ground, designing that space in a way that will allow our current services to function, but also be forward thinking and evolve and adapt. Um, And so that's our next step. Um, So I try not to get too ahead of myself. Um, For me, the thing that I'm most excited about is to watch how the community teaches us how to use the building because it's it, people are going to surprise us and the great part about a library is that it's it's just kind of this palette and things will will evolve and happen um, so we've been on a building project journey for, it's actually probably about 15 years now. Um, back in 2008, we started doing some studies to, to make sure we were really forward thinking. But the space is going to shift and evolve in ways that you wouldn't have seen in the old library there'll be much more light, there'll be way better lines of sight. So you can hopefully stumble on things besides books on the shelf, you want to be able to walk in and be like, what's going on back in the flex box and find some hands on interactive program that maybe it wasn't the reason you walked in that day, or maybe the reason you walk in every day is to be surprised at what's going on there. So I think that it's, it's really going to evolve into being kind of that that community hub, it already is a community hub, even more so. Um, The other thing that you'll see is is more and more hands-on, more and more interactive learning. It'll still be probably the most diverse place in town. And it'll be a place that continues to, I think, help educate the community on living together.
0: As we wrap up this episode, we want to mention that it takes a lot of support to make these libraries the gems that they are. We are thrilled to be able to do that through grants from funds from within the Community Foundation to the tune of more than $3 million to library programs, projects, and resources throughout the Fox Valley in just the last five years. We hope that we've inspired you to check out your local libraries and support them if you can. Check out the links in our show notes by going to cffoxvalley.org slash podcasts. Look for that episode titled Beyond Books, Exploring the Hidden Treasures of Your Local Library. And while you're over there, you can subscribe and get all of your episodes delivered to you wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Voices from the Valley, a podcast of the Community Foundation for the Fox Valley region.